Hello, welcome to Spotlight, brightening the most heathenistic of the island's dark corners. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we hear from queer Manx poet Simon Madrill as he prepares to release a new poetry collection celebrating the whole island. Catch up with marine biologist, poet and author Fiona Gale as her critically acclaimed book Spring Tides is released in paperback. And hear more about this year's Arts Council lecture with Kevin MacLeod, tickets for which are already more than 50% sold out. Remember, do get in touch with any creative, artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight. This programme, poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, sculpture, mime, anything else that fits in. Email me, spotlight at maxradio.com. Howard Kane, that's Kane with an E, at maxradio.com works as well. Now, we last spoke to Brighton-based Manx poet Simon Madrill back in March as he launched a collection of his work named Isle of Sin, which celebrated the life of Manx actor Dursley McClendon. Well, never want to rest on his laurel, Simon has a new collection coming out shortly entitled The Whole Island, which will be launching on the Isle of Man, appropriately enough, next month and promoting with events and readings. I spoke to him down the line from his home in Brighton and asked if the name of the collection reflected his love of both the Isle of Man as a unique geographical location and as a cultural inspiration from his homeland. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, not just cultural. I, I think um, from a, yeah, nature and wildlife and family, folklore, all of those things, really. I mean, the centrepiece of the of the collection is a is a poem that actually Culture Vannon has shared before, which is called The Whole Island, which was um inspired actually by a Cuban poet called Virgilio Pinera, who um wrote a poem of the well, the the translation to it is has been the whole island. It's actually the weight of the island, technically. And and he wrote a very, very long poem about about Cuba. And I stumbled across it through some um rather odd means by watching a film and a quote at the end of a film which happened to be from that poem and it really struck me um and yeah I was inspired to write that poem which sort of takes you through a journey of right the way back to my my father unscrewing the doorknob from Granaby Farm one one time just after my brother died all the way around the island and then all of the other poems are are looking at say at, at, at different aspects um family there's quite a bit about folklore in there and wildlife i mean particularly of course the bank sheer water mm. um which is a good metaphor and allegory for for manx people as well of course so many of us disappear around the world and then come back again that is true that's very true actually i think it's that island and specifically because it's an island i think it has that sort of unique pull in many ways you you mentioned the the cuban piece and that inspiration is that the way it works when you're coming up with a new collection is it do you sort of have the inspiration and have a piece and then sort of have other pieces and make it into the collection or do you have the concept in your head first for the idea for a, a collection of works and then sort of populate it with the poems oh no definitely in this case it's around the inspiration has been writing about the island um you know i think it's got it's probably got countless poetry collections in it to be honest and i see this as my next yeah i mean as my next step to to eventually creating a a, a full manx collection so the 
yeah, this Cuban poem was it, it it rang my bells because it was about a it was about an island, and I could then see how that could yeah could be translated to 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 my thoughts on on, on the Isle of Man because he also sort of if you like had a a certain ambivalence to to their own country. He was born in the early 1900s and was a queer man and therefore struggled with with um, some of the aspects of the country but delighted in other aspects of the country, which probably is a, is a thought that um, sounds familiar. Yes, yeah, I think that it is, uh, well, very much in, in recent times, I think people would think along those lines very much. You, you say in the notes that... The collection is like an allegory for for the nature of, of your own queerness and also the the environmental threat. Are, are they sort of treated separately, or, or can you sort of draw links between the, those two very seemingly very separate elements? I'm trying to think now of the different poems. Um, yeah, they're probably separate. Um, I mean, na- nature is. Nature is very queer in every every possible way that you can think of the word <laughs> queer. To be honest, I mean it's um, um, the 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 oddities of it, the the um, the nature of sex and gender in 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 nature is um, is obviously much more much more diverse than we accept. It. Well, certainly than we accept it is in humanity, and and you know, and biologically, it is literally different too. I think when you when you write, it's it's funny when people ask, you know, what do you write about? Or because I think if you're if you're digging down into a subject and exploring it, then yourself is going to come out. You know, whether that's your manxness, your maleness, your queerness, it's going to come out in some some way or other within the writing. And obviously sometimes you may have a an idea that this wants to be like queer fella. I I thought of it in hindsight as the the journey from shame to unashamed. You know where where you know this is this is much more directly a sort of a, a classical poetic book, if you like. That's 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 looking at is exploring the whole island, and only a part of that is exploring my place, my place in a family, and my place as a as an individual and other parts of it, you know, much more specifically exploring either a specific place like Porty Vullen. There's a poem about Porty Vullen. There's quite a few around Port Aaron, you know, or, or it's, or it's exploring specific species of, of, of wildlife. Um, it's not in the book, but I've actually, I've got one on, um, I've got one on wallabies where actually that does, that did when writing about it funnily enough turn into a poem about queerness because you know that's um there's now as queer as the biggest as the, as the biggest population of wallabies in the northern hemisphere being on a, yeah, an island as small as ours there's no no doubt about that i don't think do, do, do you think you're saying you're talking about your own queerness and your own sexuality is it does it imbue a unique quality to to all your poetry or maybe to put it uh, flip it on its head do you ever think how different would my poetry be if it wasn't queer i don't think about the second it sounds a bit um that sounds a bit more like a death wish to me but um <laughs> i mean i'm told so i think it's probably the <clears throat> it's probably the answer i mean i i think i write 
poetry and poems that are very, very different. But, you know, I'm told by people close to me that even though they are, they can still tell it's me. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think the poet Jack Underwood talks about how as we poets sort of have a, our own tray and he turned to me and said, and yours is very full. Um, you know, and I think that's what we and that's what we can draw from, you know, as we as we age our tray gets fuller, mm. you know, our, our life experience can can fill it up. You know, and, and that can be that can be of good and bad, of course. Um and, and that's what we and, and that's what we draw upon. Have you got a um perhaps a one you could read to us today? Yeah, sure. This is actually the, the, the first main poem in the in the book, there's a sort of a, a frontispiece poem, which is after E.E. Cummings and ends with, unusually it ends with a, a quote from E.E. Cummings rather than begins, called Going Home is the same whichever way we go, by air or by sea, we risk the same as we do in love, either to crash and burn or drown instead, to lose ourselves and hence to lose our love, perhaps, both asked and answered. Here is the rub. For whatever we lose, like a you or a me, it's always ourselves we find in the sea. And Simon will be on the island for the launch tour of the whole island. That starts at Henry Bloom Noble Library on Wednesday the 14th of June with readings from his current and previous collections. An official launch at the Black Dog Oven in Peel on Thursday the 15th where friend of the show and current bard Michael Manning will also be doing some readings, by the way. A Q&A session at Culture Manon on Friday the 16th between 1 and 2, that's over lunchtime. Book signing at the Bridge Bookshop in Ramsey on Saturday the 17th between 11 and midday. Another reading at the Archie Knox the next day, Sunday the 18th between 7.30 and 9.30pm. And readings and a Q&A session on Monday lunchtime, that's the 19th, at Ty Slewellian at St John's. And you can contact Simon uh, if you want to hear more. Gay Manx Poet, capital G M N P at btinternet.com for more details. Or if you'd like to book him for readings and such like, I'm sure he'd be delighted to oblige. A lovely chap. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, another book by a Manx author and indeed published poet, which has been receiving rave reviews since its publication a year ago, deals not so much with whole island as the wonderful waters in which it sits. Spring Tides is the first book by Dr Fiona Gale, well known on the Isle of Man for her work in marine biology and particularly with regard to the island's marine nature reserves. Well, after the success of the hardback version of the book, it's going to be released in paperback tomorrow. That's the 25th of May as we speak. I caught up with Fiona to hear more about the feedback she's received about the book and if she had any new projects underway. So it's been really nice to get feedback and um, some of the really lovely feedback has been from people who moved off island a long time ago and um, when they read the book it really brought back memories of you know their childhood on the beach around the island and you know some of the you know traditions and um, just island life really so that was that's been really nice from you know um, particularly from older people who it's mm. brought back really happy memories for. And then um, there's been the more of the kind of formal feedback in terms of reviews and, um, you know, feedback from um, the writing community and things. And that's, again, it's been really interesting to to hear what, what 
aspects people have enjoyed. So some people have really picked up on the kind of science and marine conservation side of things. And then others have been much more interested in the insight that it gives to life in the Isle of Man. And, you know, um, maybe people that didn't really know much about the Isle of Man before that have had feedback on that as well. Um, and then the, one of the other aspects that um, quite a few people have, have um, commented on is the kind of personal perspective that I've taken on marine conservation and, you know, motherhood and, and working as a marine scientist and conservationist um, and that kind of insight into the, you know, the, the sort of practice of, of doing marine conservation. Um, so it's been, yeah, I think, ev you know, everyone's taken different things from it, but it's been really nice to hear which bits people have particularly enjoyed and, and what they've, they've, they've taken away from it. And I suppose... One of my main kind of forces in 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 putting it together mm. um, was around promoting the importance of our marine life, and I think that's again it's been really nice to to get that feedback in terms of people not realising quite how much amazing marine life we have around the Isle of Man or around the British Isles, and um, yeah, that's you know that I feel like it's served its purpose from that point of view as well when when people particularly when people focus on things like the basking sharks or some of the habitats the eelgrass and things that they've really they've really been captured by and then want to come and see or yes you know, so that's been yeah really nice to hear that did you have a sort of very clear idea of what the book was going to look like when you started it it has really evolved over the years so it started off being much more focused on telling the story it's a personal story about some of the really important species and habitats that have really you know captured my imagination mm. over the years but um in as I developed the book, uh, what, one of the, the story that um, my editor and um, the, in particular was really interested in was the story of, of you know working as an academic and then bringing the academic background back to the place I'd grown up in and then working to to develop the marine protected areas. So that became the sort of you know the story in in um, in the book, and that's it. That did mean that it became more personal than perhaps I'd set out to write in terms of that you know telling a very personal story, um, but you know. It, it, the um, I suppose the, the real um, substance of the book being you know around the kind of marine conservation um, work and and how important the sea is and so on. So yeah, it's it, it was quite an interesting process to kind of weave the story out of the kind of the things that I really wanted to write about and you know that I, I wanted to share you know through my writing. Um, yeah, so so it 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 it, it yeah the, it was a um, a kind of gradual process I suppose and you know, to, to to end up with that yeah, this format it's in now mm, yeah I'm with you and, and you talk quite a lot about you know introducing your son from early age taking him out showing him the island showing him favorite spots showing the countryside is this something that you're passionate about as well because it's it's all about I suppose education and thinking about the the generations that follow us and that if, if they don't take an interest in these sort of issues in the conservation of the sea of marine environments marine habitat species then, frankly, you know, we're not going to be around forever. It's, it's for the next generations, really, for them to take on as well. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, in my role as a marine conservation officer, I did a lot of work in schools. And when you go into schools, your children, are, you know, they, they love the sea, they love marine creatures, and they have such a kind of connection. And, and you know, they, they want to look after the sea. And the idea of, of, you know, doing anything bad to it is, you know, it's that children have got that instinctive connection. But I think... I suppose one of the things I wanted to do with the book as well is kind of you know rediscover that kind of childhood um, love of the sea and help help other people do that you know so that um, because I think you know inevitably it's kind of it's lost as pe you know people get older and then I think that disconnect it makes it much easier for for the wrong decisions to be made about you know managing the sea and looking after it because people have lost that that childhood 
you know, passion and mm. love for the sea. So, yeah, I think um, I hope that, you know, describing my childhood experiences of the sea and also um, my son's love of it. Um, yeah, hopefully that helps inspire other people. <laughs> so here we are then, a year on. Uh, so there's now going to be a launch event for a paperback version of the book, which hopefully will open up into a whole new audience. I know some people always like to go straight for hardbacks, particularly if they're book lovers or like first editions and such like, but for maybe more of a mass audience bringing it down, the paperback version coming out. The um, Bridge Bookshop, which have been amazing, um, with their branch in Ramsey and Port Air, and two places that I write a lot about in the book, um, they're also, um, I'm going to be go in the Ramsey store on Saturday doing a signing at, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon as well so and then as you say so the official launch date if you can't get mm. to, the, to those actual uh, events is the 25th which is the is that Thursday or is that yes the, yeah. yeah so that's when it will be so that'll be out sale. in the shops yeah. and available then yeah. for, for people to go for now you're sort of a year in you've, you've obviously published poetry before you've got this book out do you feel there's more you can now that you've sort of done the writing book and got it out there is, is a, do you feel like there's a, a volume two or a sort of follow-on to this book within you um, potentially, I think um, I am working on something at the moment that's quite different. So um, that that's not a, a part two, but but um, I think um, yeah, I think you know sometime in the future, you know, there's there's lots of other you know aspects of marine conservation um, that I would love to write about. So so yes, I think. <laughs> Just thinking again about things people might associate it with, like the marine nature reserve. Where are we with that now around the island? Are you still sort of involved with that at all? So I'm not directly involved anymore. Mm. Um, there was a, a, um, a international target for um, ten percent of of marine protected area um, of waters to be protected, and and the Isle of Man's well met that now. It um, more than ten percent are protected in the marine nature reserves. Um, but there's now, in, since November, um, the the new um, biodiversity commitment is to have 30% of, of um, global waters protected effectively by 2030. And so that's kind of the next step for every, you know, all countries around mm -hmm. the world. And um, I guess for, for the Isle of Man, the work that I was doing was very focused on the inshore waters. Um, so all of that, that you know, well over 10% um, of marine um, nature reserve are in the inshore waters out to three nautical miles. So over 50% of our inshore waters that we can see easily from the coast are, are, are really well protected. But um, beyond the three nautical mile um, limit there, um, there aren't any marine nature reserves. So, um, you know, countries around the world are now looking at how they can effectively protect 30% of their waters, but also, you know, um, sustain sustainable fisheries and um, and all the other kind of important um, services that we, we get from the marine environment and a really exciting initiative on the Isle of Man is the Blue Carbon Project which yep. is being done to to map the the capacity the, the current um, blue carbon that's stored and, the, and look at the capacity to improve that and um, so all these things and then obviously there's opportunities for offshore um, wind energy so I think you know this is a real you know it's an exciting opportunity but also a challenge for countries around the world to ensure that a really good proportion at least 30 percent of the waters are really well protected by 2030 but but balancing all these other needs as well so that um you know we get all those benefits that we um that we um can get from the sea whilst allowing nature to thrive and um you know to really restore and um, maintain all these amazing habitats and species that um, we have and 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 really realize that vision of you know an even more diverse and beautiful future for global seas but you know obviously i'd be particularly interested in, in what we can do in manx seas as well it's a fascinating read. Treat yourself to a paperback copy if you didn't pick it up in hardback. 
That's out tomorrow, Thursday, 25th of May. Fiona will be at the Bridge Bookshop in Ramsey for a book signing at 2pm this Saturday. Looking ahead a little, and after the great success of last year's Alaman Arts Council lecture, this year's lecture will be given by Kevin McLeod, well-known to many from its fronting of the Grand Designs show, but so many more strings to his bow. And despite the event not being on for several months yet, tickets are already more than half gone. So don't hang around. I found out more when I spoke to Arts Engagement Officer at Isle of Man Arts Council, Ali Debecker. He's our guest for our annual lecture, which is at the uh, Gaiety Theatre, um, so just as the same as Louis Theroux last year. Um, and that's on the Monday the 25th of September at 7.30pm. You can get your tickets via villagaity.com and we're very excited to have somebody very different this time. I think a couple of people have been quizzing us a bit like, why are you getting somebody from the television coming mm-hmm. again? Um, but I think a lot of people may not be aware of Kevin's artistic background, not just from being a TV presenter for Grand Designs. It was quite interesting to find out that he studied um, history of art and architecture at Cambridge University, and he's a lighting designer also as well, um, as well as studying architecture. So really, we're all really looking forward to listening to what he has to say. It's so hard to actually sort of think of another one the next year, isn't it? I think is there a sort of a gang of you sit around saying, right, where are we going to go now, guys? Yes and no. Um, we it, it depends on people's availability mm. as well. Um, I think we get that a lot through um, the culture division. Um, It depends on people's availability and obviously budget-wise as well um, and how relevant it is to the lecture series. that We we do want to try and give a variety to all art forms if possible. Um, Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And so I think people know him from Grand Designs probably? Yes, yes, that's right. Where they'll probably recognise him, but he's not just going to be, as you say, talking about that. It's going to be a much broader broader talk. Yeah, I mean, he he's such an interesting character anyway. I mean, he uh, he was awarded an MBE um, for his services to architecture as well, so we'll be you know chatting to him as well um, about that. Um, and also, like with Louis Theroux, we'll be getting people to submit questions to him and maybe have a bit of audience participation again. Okay. So, so it's going to be a similar format, do you think? Yeah, very similar format. We've got Christy, um, who's going to be our compare again for the evening. Um, and, yeah, it, it'll be very different to Louis, um, which I think we're all really looking forward to. A um, bit of a variety. Yeah. And do, do you get a mixed sort of audience for these sort of things? Do you get a real sort of broad spread of, of sort of patrons coming to, to see to see these sort of talks? Definitely. We're definitely seeing a different demographic mm. this time because obviously if you're <laughs> interested in um, architecture or if you're even interested in lighting, um, we've had a lot of interest from people that way. Um, and also if anybody's doing any DIY jobs at home or if they're doing any landscaping or yeah, anything yeah. like that... Um, there is quite a lot of design aspect that he will be appealing to, um, especially with anybody who's involved in design. He's, you know, he's very well versed in design. So he's not a TikToker as well, is he? Because I know I was surprised last year when, because <laughs> I thought the audience for Louis Three would be maybe on the upper end of the age bracket, but there were loads of young ones there because he'd done his TikTok. That's dance. right. Oh. Yes, poor Louis with his TikTok dance. <laughs> People not recognising him for his uh, journalistic qualities, just for his TikTok fame. You know, it'd be a very different evening. We just can't wait to show him around, you know, our island, really, and the architecture here. He's never been to the island before. I was going to say, yes, it's a first for him. Yeah, it is a first. Obviously, we've got some very interesting buildings that I'm sure we will 
love if we get the chance and he has the time to show him um, and hopefully he'll just get a bit of experience of the creative community here. So uh, tickets on sale now? Are they, are they yes, yeah, they're on sale uh, via um, Villagati's website, villagati.com. They are selling very well. I think we well, we've we've sold well over half um, for September. Well, um, good going. Yes, um, not like Louis, but obviously it was very different yeah. to Louis. So the date is um, on Monday, the twenty fifth of September at seven thirty p.m. at the Gaiety Theatre. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where you want. Why not try it cranked up loud on your headphones whilst watching the TT from Bagaro? See you next week, when among other joys, we will be speaking to the man and the legend, Derry Kizik, about his new book on the purple helmets. Look after yourselves and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.